Welcome to the Next Level American Dream podcast, brought to you by Thompson Multifamily Group. Your hosts, Abigail and Sean, will discuss how you can take your American dream to the next level through real estate investing, business practices, and personal development. Join us as we share our experiences as a father-daughter duo who are trying to accomplish their goal of financial freedom. We hope you learn more about how to define and achieve your American dream. Here's another episode of Next Level American Dream. Welcome to the Next Level American Dream podcast. We have an incredible guest for you today, but first, please make sure you have subscribed if you have not already. We also love getting your feedback through likes, comments, ratings, and reviews. Today, Sean has a conversation with Arne Sinadella. From Silicon Valley to real estate investing in South Carolina, this was the shift that Arne made in his profession. He shares with us how he got started, grew, and what his business looks like today in guiding investors to real estate deals. If you found any value from today's episode, then please share it with a friend and help us grow. For more information on our sponsor, visit thompsonmultifamilygroup.com to start taking your American dream to the next level through passive investing. Hi, Arn. How are you doing? Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Sean. Happy to be here. Appreciate the opportunity to chat with you about the American dream. Yeah, great. <laughs> well, you and I are just meeting for the first time now. We talked a little bit beforehand. Uh, you've got a pretty extensive experience in real estate and, and vast knowledge of real estate, and you're, you're doing multifamily stuff now. So tell the people kind of what your background is with, with real estate or what your background is, period, and then kind of what you have going on today. Sure. That would be great. Thank you. So um, pretty typical uh, middle-class American life, born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area, was expected to go to college. I enjoyed school. I did well at it ended up getting a master's degree in physical chemistry of all things. But my father had a residential real estate brokerage company in Menlo Park, California, which is next to Palo Alto and Stanford. So I kind of gave up the academic life and went to work for him in 1978. And I've been in real estate full time ever since that. You know, I know I knew some guys that had bike shop in that area. Will Smith, it used to be there a long, long time ago. You, I don't know. Do you know Will Smith Bike Shop? I do. Yes. Do really, yeah. yeah. Those guys, the owners of that were, were friends of mine. Interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's it was a fabulous place to sell real estate. We were single family residential yeah. brokers, but my father understood while the brokerage business can produce income, financial freedom, financial wealth really comes through investing. So he was kind of an old school, single family investor. I followed his model. And as my business grew, I started buying single family homes in the Bay Area, as well as elsewhere across the country, and uh, did very well both in the brokerage and investing, provided me good life work balance for most of my working career. And so I felt fortunate and blessed to be able to sell real estate in such a great area. Yeah. And no one, no one really probably could have predicted or, or sort of had the forethought of what would happen in that area between the times you got started. And now really it's a completely crazy thing, right? Yes. It's, um, you know, it, it's amazing when, when I was a little kid growing up in Santa Clara Valley, which is now Silicon Valley. Libby Can Food Company was the biggest employer in the county. Santa Clara County was an agricultural thing, right. apricot orchards, peaches, et cetera. And then, you know, 
couple smart individuals from Stanford and Cal somehow got onto the computers, the personal computer, the World Wide Web, and everything changed and Silicon Valley boomed. And we used to joke houses in Menlo Park and Palo Alto were basically $100,000 a bedroom. So if you had to bought a 300, three bedroom house, it'd be 300. By the time I left California, 2014, it was closer to a million dollars a bedroom. So a three bedroom <laughs> house cost you 3 million. And so, yes, when I say I was blessed to sell in such a great market, I do feel fortunate that I had the opportunity to do that. Yes. Yeah, you know, I talk to people about, about real estate investing and, you know, you look at statistics like that or, or information like that, and it just doesn't make sense, right? It just doesn't equate. Like it's, it's like trying to imagine what a billion dollars looks like stacked up on in $100 bills or something, right? It's just, you can't really can perceive it, but it happened. It's already, you know, it's there. It's been in the history books, right? So it's kind of funny to, to think about it that way. And you talk to people now and they're like, well, I don't want to, I'm overpaying for stuff, you know? <laughs> and I, it's like, well, maybe not, maybe not, you know, you just got to, you got to make sure you're in the right location, good locations and things like that. If you, if you use basic principles and you're investing and you know, the, the future could be good. You just don't know. Right. Precisely. I can remember, you know, we'd have broker tour on Tuesdays and Fridays in my area. And I can remember driving around with a bunch of brokers and in the middle of the eighties, middle of nineties, 2000, we'd say to ourselves, prices can't go any higher. <laughs> yeah. They're crazy. And of course, we, the experts, were wrong, and we, we continue to be wrong. So it, it, it's interesting, and, and I think you touched on something important. I really believe in real estate investing, and there's some fundamentals, right? Use leverage properly, be properly capitalized, and then you're set for whatever the world throws at you. And through the boom times, I've also been through some bust times, the dot-com uh, crisis, the, right. the Great Recession. People don't remember in the early 1990s, one third of every savings and loan in America went out of business, you right. know? And so if, if you do real estate right and you have a long-term perspective, it's gonna create wealth, you're gonna be okay, but you do need to do it properly. Yeah, the one underlying thing that, that real estate has that, that people always forget is that it's shelter. You're essentially providing shelter, which is an essential for all of the, all the humans on the planet, right? And so there's, there's going to be a need for shelter no matter what. And we can't produce enough of it currently to keep up with population growth and, and you know, the migratory patterns. And I know I'm in the Dallas market and we have to produce 15,000 units a year just an apartment unit just to keep up with demand. And that's, it's, it, you can't build that fast. So it's, it's the demand is, is going to be there and it's going to be there for a long time, especially. So I think people forget that when they're buying, they, they start thinking, well, I, I just can't, I can't imagine paying this price for per door or whatever it is they're, they're, they're held up on. And you have to remember that there isn't enough. There's, there just isn't enough. It's going to, oh, it's going to continue to be an issue for a while. So, and certainly the cost of construction is right. not going to go down, right? The cost of labor is not going to go down. 
So, you know, there's a lot of rationale behind real estate investing. And, and you know, I'm not one of these guys that says 100% of your money needs to be in real estate. I believe diversification is also a key tool for investors to protect their capital. And we're in unprecedented times now, you know, massive government borrowing, uh, national debt. When I was a kid, we had the gold standard. And now we're talking modern, modern theory. So I think investing in hard, tangible assets makes a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. Well, and the traditional diversification is like owning a mutual fund and, and that's not diversifying. You're still, you're still beholden to one marketplace. Correct. And real true diversification is, is having some stocks, having some real estate, having some other alternatives, you know, so having various asset classes across a wide spectrum. Precisely. So I think that's a as a hedge for, for people that are already kind of in the markets as a hedge, real estate's a good place to be. So let's talk about just, so where are you today in your, in your business? Are you uh, focused on single family or, or multifamily or what do you have going on now? Yeah. Thank you. So about two years ago, I decided to move my rental portfolio into multifamily assets and I've started to help other investors do the same. And I can, talk about a couple reasons why I've done that. If, if you think that would be of interest to your listeners. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about, so you, you decided to go into multifamily. What was the catalyst for, for multifamily as, as a, the new vehicle for you from single family? And then what is it that you're doing now to, to bring other people on board? Sure. So what I do as I kept track of my rental portfolio every year, I kind of do an analysis what are the properties worth? How much equity do I have? What's my gross income? What's my net income? What's the return on my equity? And while the single family portfolio did very well, when I actually looked at the cash flow based on the amount of equity I had in those properties, it was probably about three and a half to four percent. So good properties. They grew my capital uh, net worth. They grew my equity. But in terms of producing cash flow, it probably wasn't the best thing. So for one, multifamily, I believe, produces more cash flow than single family rental properties. For much of my career, I self-managed my own rental properties. And as I got older, I became a little less enamored of the day-to-day -day headaches with managing property. And of course, as you scale up and go into bigger buildings, you can get more professional property management. The property management is more affordable as a, as a proportion of the rent collected. So I think the ability to turn over the day-to-day -day headaches to professional property managers through multifamily made sense. The other thing I think is our society is changing when I was a young man, the dream was buy the big house at the end of the cul-de-sac in suburbia, right? And that's right. where we we're going to put down roots. And that's where we we're going to raise our families for 30 years. I think today's 30-year-old, their dream, their passion is to maybe live in four or five different places during their lifetime and kind of, it's a much more mobile society. And so... I think renting becomes much more appealing to folks who want to be mobile. And then the fourth reason is we all know housing affordability is a very difficult issue. 
and apartments provide the most affordable housing we have pretty much. So I think there'll be strong demand moving forward. I think that's a mistake people make too. Homeownership is expensive. It's maybe cheaper on a, on a mortgage versus rent basis. But if you factor in, you know, taxes, insurance, maintenance, all those other things, you know, and then the hassle of just living in a house that you have to take care of all the time. If you're, like you said, if you're a 30 year old and you want to move someplace, uh, selling your house is not that hard to do, but buying another one is a problem, right? So there's, you know, just dealing with that is, is an issue and, and renting is, is becoming more of a, like you said, just a convenience uh, for lifestyle for a lot of people, I think for sure. And yes. you can get nice, nice housing, you know, as a rental property everywhere. So it works exactly. out really well. Exactly. And so what are you, what are you, you were saying that you, you, were, uh, you have investors that you work with, uh, how does that, how does that work in your business? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I've now started Spark Investment Group, which is a multifamily syndication investing business. So pretty much tapped into many of my friends and, and business associates, clients from the Bay Area where I used to live. As we noted, many of them heavily invested in the stock market. And I just suggest, you know, let's move a little bit of your capital into real estate. Let's diversify a little bit. And so they're receptive because they know the value of real estate. They may not want to deal with it themselves. So I think when you offer them a vehicle of professionally managed real estate, limited hands-on involvement, kind of a more passive investment, it's appealing. So I'm now located in Greenville, South Carolina, which is midway between Charlotte and Atlanta in the Northwest part of the state. It's a great real estate market. We have um, North American headquarters for BMW and Michelin in the Greenville Spartanburg area. So to date, I have probably completed seven or eight multifamily syndications, two of which I've been the lead sponsor in GP. So not doing huge deals, 30, 40, 60, 100 units is kind of where I'm at, focused in the Carolinas. Yeah, I know. So a lot of people want to be a real estate investor. I mean, almost everybody I talk to would love to be a real estate investor, kind of like me. But real estate is, it's a very simple business, but it comes with a lot of complexity, like layered in, right? So understanding a good property, understanding, you know, where to get them, how to, how to fund them, like you said, putting the right debt against them and the right leverage against them and having capitalization that works for your business plan. And all those things are complexities in the business. So people avoid real estate as, you know, as, a, as a diversification on their own, I think, right? So getting into a syndication with someone that has those experiences or has those abilities uh, for most people, it would be awesome, but they don't know how to kind of find people like you or me that that are doing those things. And a lot of people don't even know that you can that you can invest a hundred thousand dollars of your retirement account or retirement funds or whatever capital that you have in reserves into a, a, a syndication and go buy you know multi million dollar properties and be part of the process and in that on a smaller scale for you, but on a larger scale for the whole operation, right? I think a lot of people like like we were talking about earlier. They're in the stock market, stock markets, they have their mutual funds and their IRAs and stuff. And they understand that because Wall Street, you know, sells that stuff all the time, but they don't know that this little alternative investment is possible out there. So I, I think that's, it's good that you're, you have your, your, your group of people that you're working with for passive investing 
in, into your deals too. So I think that's helpful. And I think people love it. I, I'm sure your investors give you good feedback, right? Yes. Most of them are happy. And yeah. I, I can say, speak for myself, I'm an LP investor in about seven or eight syndications. Okay. So I'm not recommending anybody else do anything that I haven't done myself. I was in a meeting earlier this morning and I got two email alerts from two of my syndications where I'm an LP. Your ACH deposit is on its way. And right. trust me, it's nice just show, seeing that money pop up into your account on a regular basis. And of course, the stock market's not necessarily set up to produce regular monthly income, where right. real estate's a much better vehicle to do that. So, you know, I believe in real estate investing. I think it should be part of everyone's portfolio. And so, you know, I'm happy to be able to help people do this. Because the other thing is, you know, time is precious. People are busy. If it's not the W-2, it's the family, their church, community. People have a lack of time. And so if you can put their money to work for them, that doesn't require any of their effort or time, that's kind of a win-win. Yeah. And you've spent, you've spent decades learning the real estate game. No one, no one's going to invest that amount of time on a side hustle or a side investment or something like that. It's just impossible to do. You, you know, you have a life to live. If you're a, a dentist or a doctor or something, a chiropractor, you've got a business to run. You've got, you know, you've got things to do. You don't have time to go become a real estate expert in your spare time, right? It's just not going to happen. So I, that's why I like this business is we, you know, I can take what they want to accomplish and what I want to accomplish, merge them together. And then we all win, right? It's a great system. Yes. And, and, and the way it's set up, the, the limited partners come first, right? Most of the general partner compensations at the back end, at the end of the deal, if the business plans executed successfully and the LPs profit significantly, then the GP gets a share of it. So it's kind of the LPs get the first cut of the property income and property profit so it's set up nicely to protect the LP's interest. Right. Yeah. So it's, we, I tell people that all the time, you don't, you don't lose money until I lose everything. And then, you know, I, I don't make money until you make everything. Right. So it's, it's kind of those situations where we, we have a couple of different structures, but our focus is always trying to make sure that we're last, we're the last dog to the bowl. Right. right. So we're going to, I'm still going to make sure I get some food, but I'm going to make sure everybody else is taken care of first for sure. So, and that's just how you build it out. It's structured that way from the beginning and, and uh, you just operate that way. And it, it, it's just a business principle that, that works fine. Uh, and, and this isn't to, to, to bash stockbrokers or something, but most stockbrokers are paid on the trade, right? Not the success. So just, right. just something for people to think about, just throwing it out there. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I have to win you have to win first and I get to win. Right. So it's, yes. it's, it's a, it's a more, it's a better alignment of, of interest. I think if you're doing it properly, it's a better alignment of interest than almost any other investment out there, honestly. Yes. So where, where are you hoping to go in the future? What are you, so you've got, you're doing some, some investing with your limited partners now and, and what's next for you? Good question. So I'd like to continue to expand my multifamily syndication business. I'd like to start doing slightly larger acquisitions, develop my investor database 
further. And also I'm looking to partner with other good operators across the country. One of the things I love about multifamily that's a little bit different than single family, single family, you can almost kind of do on your own. Right. Or with multifamily, it's more complex. There's more skills that need to be brought to it. So it's more a team aspect and I frankly enjoy the relationships. I enjoy the team part of it, having a group of individuals in the general partnership who are all supporting each other and supporting the project and kind of bringing it to a successful conclusion. So continue to grow and expand my business. I'm 67 years old. I don't have any desire to build a monolith business I just want to do a good job for my investors, maybe do four or five deals a year in areas that I know well, and that would make me happy and hopefully make my investors happy too. Right. Yeah. That sounds like a good plan. Well, so I, Arn, I ask everybody this question that's, you know, the, the name of the podcast, Next Level American Dream. And for me, the American Dream uh, of the fifties is kind of gone. Right. But I think the American dream is alive and well, and it looks like a thousand different things. Right. So I always like to ask people kind of what, what is the American dream mean to you? Great question. And, and, and I think it, speaking uh, the, from a personal experience, I think the definition of retirement has changed yeah. significantly, right? right. Oh, from, from our father's generation or our mother's generation, I'm 67. I figure I've got another 30 years, right? I mean, people are living to 90. It's not unusual. And so I think it's pretty clear that one, you can't really live off your savings, right? right, right. Uh, you're living too long. You're going to spend. So you need to keep making income. For me, the American dream, and I'm trying to live it, is... I can still be productive now, and I look forward to being productive in the future, but there's a difference between having to work and wanting to work, right? right? Yeah. I, I, so for me, the American dream is being in a position to do things that you feel passionate about, that you're productive, that you're helping others. Of course, I play golf three times a week. I love golf. And so Building a life where you have productive activity, but also social and recreational activity. And in order to do that, you need kind of an income that will support you. And the reality is in retirement, you pretty much need the same income you had during your working career to maintain your standard of living. So I think there's a shift there that we have to go through to continue living the American dream. And a lot of it also is about health, right? What's the point of living till 80 if you're not healthy enough to enjoy it? So all of that together is kind of what I take to be is the American dream. Yeah, awesome. That's perfect. Yeah. So Arn, um, you're looking for new investors, you're looking for partners, things like that. So how can people kind of reach out to you if, if they have an interest in, in getting to know more about what you have going on and, and getting, to, getting to know what your business is like? How can they reach out to you? Is there a website or something? Yes. Yeah, so the, my website is investwithspark.com. The business name is Spark Investment Group. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook. Email is arn at investwithspark.com. 
So people can find me happy to talk real estate, happy to talk life transitions and thinking about the future. I moved from Silicon Valley to the Southeast of Greenville, South Carolina, kind of set off on a new life adventure. And so there are a lot of things I'm interested in and I'm just kind of happy to help people find their Z Watt Nao, if you remember right. the movie from Shawshank Redemption, yeah, Shawshank. right? So right. each of us have that Z Watt Nao, and it's great to help people find that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a good. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> I think everybody knows that one. So yes. Well, Arn, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. We had some technical difficulties early on, and I appreciate the sort of persevering through that with me. And, and it was great talking to you. And hopefully we can have you back on and talk about some of your deals or something down the road. That would be great, Sean. Thank you for your time. Pleasure meeting you. And let's maybe do a deal sometime here in the near future. Yeah, okay? yeah that'd be great. Perfect. All right. Thank that you. Good. Thanks, Arn. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level American Dream. If you would like to learn more about what we talked about today, want to contact the team directly, or are interested in passively investing and being a part of our deal room, head over to our website at www.thompsonmultifamilygroup.com. Before you go, please leave a review. Your comments help us create more episodes for you to enjoy.